Welcome to the Christmas Eve Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Lovell Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and the sermon is entitled, Where Is He? Delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I'm grateful uh, to look out today, and I know many families today rejoice because maybe this season and Christmas brings family back together. And I look out and I see families uh, stretched all across this room that are together for the season and celebrate Christmas. But also I know in this room uh, there are those that are hurting because they are missing someone, maybe for the first Christmas this year. And so we pray for those that are hurting or experience loss. This past week I was able to go to Nelson to Will Sheffield Funeral Chapel and help conduct a service in remembrance of those who have lost loved ones this past year. A very moving service. And so I know that we gather and we sing songs of rejoice and celebration, but I know today, even in this sanctuary, there are people whose hearts are hurting. And so we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep. Today, I want to begin, if I can, our last Christmas message with a word of prayer. Father God, as we surround your word now with our thoughts and our minds, as we concentrate on your word with our eyes Lord, I pray, Lord, that it goes further beyond the mind and the eyes. Lord, that your word would reach the heart of somebody here today. God, I pray, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you will draw that one that is searching for the answer to the question, where is he? God, reveal yourself today as only you can to your people and maybe the one that needs you as Savior in this place today. We give you this service of worship in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that you take your Bibles, go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 2. Matthew, chapter number 2. And I know that we descend on these verses and the gospel passages for the Christmas season. But as we gather on this Christmas Eve, we gather to worship and to celebrate the King who has come. Amen? And in doing so... It's only for a season that we celebrate Him coming to this earth. God with us. My hope and, and my prayer today is that every heart understands what it means to mean that God is with us. And my prayer today is that as we look at His holy word, that He will reveal Himself to us. This Christmas season, we have seen how God has used Mary and God has used Joseph to simple earthly people to carry out his holy plan. And today, we view his coming to the babe in a manger and rejoicing and celebrating that his destination was not a manger. His destination was a cross because he came not to be born the sweet little baby Jesus. He came to be born Savior of the world. And so even to Mary and Joseph, yes, he was their child, he was their baby, but he was also their Savior. Friends, today I'm grateful that we gather today knowing that Jesus is our Savior as well. Today, if you came looking or you're tuning in looking for where Jesus is, my prayer is this, that you will know him today. You know the story. Matthew chapter number 2. Let's look at the first verse together today. As we ponder the question, where is 
he. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. That sets the stage of where we're going to begin our study today. And we ask the question, where is Jesus? And the first point that I want to give you today, he is right where God said he would be. Now think about that for a second. He's exactly where God said he would be. We we are introduced by the pen of Matthew to Jesus being born in Bethlehem. But there are people that are pursuing him. And in particular, verse number 1 says, The wise men came from the east to Jerusalem and they are looking for this king. In a day, which is today, when many doubt the existence of a God... Many doubt if there even is a God. I want you to know the Bible points to a God who has always been. If you read this book, friends, you will see God from the beginning to the end. And from the beginning to the end, he had a redemptive plan for his people. For you and I today, that that maybe not known it when we were born, but have come to learn, we need a Savior. The Bible says this, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Be careful how you use the word fool or how you call somebody that because fool in Bible terms is a reference to somebody not knowing God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. No, God, his name, his character, the nature of God. God coming in the person of Jesus. And here we find him in a little place called Bethlehem. Matthew does a tremendous job. And look at verses 5 and 6 of pointing us back to the Old Testament. Look at verse 5. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. You ask, where is he? A prophet, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, points the direction to a tiny town of Bethlehem. That's where you will find King Jesus. As the wise men are looking for the king, as they're desiring to know where he is, there are those that know the direction, and there are those that know exactly where he is because they know their Bible. They know the Old Testament Scripture, and the Old Testament Scripture says, he will be born in Bethlehem. Exactly where God said he was. As we look back at this Christmas story Micah 5, 2, you can just write that. That is what Matthew quotes to point the direction to Bethlehem. And out of this little city, which is nothing, the Savior of all the world would come. Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was a fulfillment of God's holy word. This morning, in 2023, if you are looking for Jesus, he's right where God said he would be. He's no longer in a manger. He's no longer in Bethlehem. As we learned last week, the manger is empty and the cross is empty and the tomb is empty. 
He's on the right hand of God the Father. Praise be to God. He's exactly where God said he would be. Today, if you are looking for Jesus, he's where he was said to be. The second part of it. Today, if you're asking the question, where is he? I want you to know you join three different groups in our passage. Look again at verses 1 through 4 in Matthew chapter number 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king... Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. In these four verses, they offer us three groups of those that are looking for the king. And maybe this morning we can add a fourth to the picture. Maybe there's somebody in this room today that's looking for Jesus. What are those three groups? Or who are those three groups that are looking for the king? These three groups, I want to, before I give them, give them to you, I want you to know each group has a different reason of why they want to know where Jesus is. Now, I don't want to confuse you, but I want you to know this. We are no longer at the manger. We're no longer in the stable, okay? We are years later. As the wise men are trying to figure out where Jesus is, it's up to two years later we find that. So today, the first person that wants to know where Jesus is, is King Herod. The question for the visitors to Jerusalem. Now remember, the wise men don't come to Bethlehem. The wise men come to Jerusalem. That's where the king is. And there they meet King Herod. And this, key, this question of where is he, the king of the Jews, immediately speaks opposition to Herod who is on the throne. Herod was not a Jew. He was part Jewish, but he was not full Jewish. So this king of the Jews would immediately endanger his position on the throne. King Herod wants to know, why are you looking for this king? Know this about King Herod. In scripture, he comes across as a nice guy. That he wants to worship and he wants to know where he is and he wants to bow down. But King Herod was a ruthless leader. He was so ruthless. Uh, he, he was known for great things. He was a great builder. He built the temple, rebuilt the temple. He helped do that. He was a great builder, builder of architect. Even in his own building of his own palaces, he was great. But he was power hungry. In restoring the temple of Jerusalem and building fortresses, he would also kill his wife. He would also kill his own children because they were threatening his throne. The interest of King Herod is sparked by the question, where is he, the king of the Jews? As the wise men pose that question, looking for this king, there is a king that the Bible said is troubled deep down. 
That king is King Herod. His heart is troubled. He knows that his kingdom is in trouble. And he knows he must get rid of this child. Today, I want you to know as we look at King Herod and his desire to know where Jesus is, those same attitudes are alive and well in our world today. Listen to me, friends. There are people that want to destroy babies. There are people that want to kill Christians. And there are people who want to rid the world of Jesus today. Just like King Herod, we see those who want to eliminate Jesus any way that is possible. And friends, today, if you are a child of God, you should oppose those things. We've seen King Herod looking for him to get rid of him. The second group that I want you to see looking for Jesus are the chief priests and the scribes. The religious leaders of this day, throughout the New Testament, these, these are the investigators, but they have one goal in mind as they watch Jesus' life. Their goal is this, to take him down. They know the law. They know Old Testament scripture. They are religious people. They are re what we would consider religious fanatics. And as much as they know, and as much as they want to know, they still want to eliminate Jesus. This group of religious leaders, we see them in Scripture. Look in verse number 4. It says this, talking about as King Herod gathered them all together. He gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together. And he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Where is he? And those religious leaders begin to be scrambling. And in verse number 5, you see, they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, that's where he would be born. These chief priests and religious leaders knew exactly where to point. As the king came to them, they said, he, He's in Bethlehem. That's where the scripture said he would be. That's where he is. And he got the king off of their back. These religious leaders knew the word. They knew the prophecy. But they didn't know Jesus. Jesus had slipped in. He had been born. He had snuck under their radar. And they too find themselves looking, where is this boy? In our day, there are those people who know a lot about religion they even know a lot about Jesus they read their Bible they learn and they know but they don't make Jesus Lord and until you make Jesus Lord you are spinning your wheels in, in the sea of religion getting nowhere this Christmas morning this is an object of the church religious they look the part. They know the part. But they don't know Jesus. And today, these religious leaders are searching. Searching Bethlehem. Searching Jerusalem. Where is he? The third group looking for Jesus are those wise men whom we met in verse number 1. 
as they march into Jerusalem, traveling many miles from the east. They enter a season in which the celebration of Jesus was not known. They enter a time where Jesus had moved out of the stable and into the world. And yet they are searching by the leading of a star for the question in verse number 2. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. These wise men, much to the chagrin of biblical knowledge, you know this. They came later in the story after the manger and they are not numbered. We are the ones who number them. We don't know how many wise men there are. There are some ladies that would crack a joke. There's no such thing as a wise man, okay? But the Bible teaches us otherwise. They're wise men. We don't know their number. Maybe it was a handful. Maybe it was a couple hundred. But they come into Jerusalem and their presence alone shows King Herod something is going on. Their question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We often associate these men with the gifts that they bring. And we will get to that later in scripture. But they are astronomers. They are astrologers. They are wise men who know this. They're looking at a star, but they're looking for something greater than a star. Someone greater has shown up and come to the world. And that one is the king of the Jews. There are many bright lights that catch our attention this Christmas season. But friends, let me encourage you. Never, never let Jesus be removed from the focus of this Christmas season. Their question stresses and stirs up not only a king, but it stirs up the city. It stirs up the religious leaders. And they are seeking and they are scrambling for the answer to one simple question. Where is he at? Nobody knows. Everybody's scrambling. And everybody wants to know the answer to this question. Verse number 2 shows us the reason that these wise men came. The end of verse number 2. They came to worship him. I want you to know, not just this day, not just this season, but every day and every season, Jesus requires and desires our worship of Him as King. Three people agree with me. Let me say that again. It's Christmas time. Jesus came for you and Jesus came for me. Jesus came for the cross. Jesus died for our sin. Friends. He came as our king. And if we're not excited about that, if we don't believe that, then how can we expect a world to believe it? The wisest man and the wisest woman in the world will follow their self, their star, to find Jesus. I'm grateful today that in today's time, we have a Holy Spirit that draws us. And today, maybe it will be like some normal Sunday that you feel the knock and you feel the drawing of the Spirit and you get up and leave. Listen to me. As your pastor, and maybe you don't know me, as your friend, 
let me share the good news. Jesus Christ loves you. He loved you enough to, to lay aside the throne of heaven. And God came as man, as Jesus, the perfect son of God. To die on a cross to make the payment for all of the world's sin. And today, if you will believe that he died for your sin and you will accept him as Savior, you will live for him. And you will live forever. Praise be to God. The wisest man, the wisest woman will know they need to worship. These wise men traveled many miles searching for the king in order to offer their worship. The last two points of our sermon today. Look at verses 7 through 11. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I might come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went, for, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Verse number 12, and being warned of God in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. The third point of the question of where is he, is he became the focus of worship. As Herod begins his little scheme of trying to figure out his own answer to the question of where Jesus is. He felt threatened, but he didn't feel threatened enough to go for himself. He sent the chief priest, and he asked them the question, where is he at? And then he goes to these wise men. He said, hey, wise men, when you figure out exactly where Jesus is, just send word back to me that I may come and worship. All he wanted to do was to figure out where that baby Jesus was so he could get rid of him. He had no desire to worship, no desire to bow before Jesus as his Savior. Jesus was a threat and he wanted to get rid of him. I'm thankful that in these verses we see that plan come to fruition. But we also see God intervene in a dream to the wise men. Don't you dare go back to Herod. You go another way. God's protection over his plan. This morning we look at the focus of worship. And I'm not trying to put doubt in your mind or doubt in your heart. But every time we come together as the church, as believers, and we worship, I pray you don't come to hear Jeffrey preach a sermon. That's not the desire. I pray that you don't come to hear the music. That's just a blessing. I pray at the root of every heart that shows up Sunday by Sunday and Wednesday by Wednesday is to worship King Jesus. If we show up to church like that, it, it will do something to our soul. It will put a desire in our spirit not to miss one day of worship.
these wise men, they finally behold the many miles they traveled, the star that led them. That's another sermon. I'm not even going there. But the divine star that led them. And then the star that went out when King Herod began to question. And then the star shows back up to lead them where Jesus was. We see all of these things. And the wise men, the miles, and the way they traveled. And their desire of the question Where is he? They finally get to to put their eyes on the object of their affection. Friends, I want you to know, I've been saved for 25 years now. Praise be to God. But I want you to know, I've never seen Jesus. But through his holy word and the promises there, one day my eyes will behold my Savior. These wise men seen Jesus. And what's the first thing they did with the little... Remember, he's not the baby anymore. He's a, he's a two-year-old child. Put that in your mind. What's the first thing they do? They offer the greatest thing they have. Verse number 11, it says this. When they were coming to the house and they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. When they seen Jesus, they knew it was him and they bowed and worshipped. Friends, today we have the great gift of our worship to offer to our holy God. Psalm 95 verse 6 says this, Oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Scripture says the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father uh, seeketh such that worship Him. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God Continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. A couple Wednesday nights ago, I asked a group of of Christians that meet here Wednesday by Wednesday to, to study and to pray together. I asked them this question. When is the last time you truly worshiped? Not come and sit on a pew, not got dressed, not when is the last time you truly worshiped the Lord for who he was? Think about that. And here's the challenge if you've never bowed the knee, or it's been a long time since you bowed the knee, use today, use tomorrow, use this Christmas season to worship the King. Open the book of Luke or Matthew and read the Christmas story. And then fall on your knees. Do we worship in spirit and in truth? The last point in verse number 12 and 11 and 12 are the gifts of a king. Now notice these wise men, they traveled. And they traveled with gifts to bring. The greatest gift, and I'm going to offer it because Scripture allows me to, the greatest gift was the first one they gave, worship. That is the greatest gift that you can give to Jesus is the worship of Him with your life. That's the greatest thing you can offer Him. 
But these wise men offer three gifts that carry deep meaning. The gold that they brought was of royalty, of a kingly position. It carries with it value, and it is gift for a king. That is the gold, gold that they brought. The frankincense that they brought is a fragrant sense that is offered during worship. Pleasant smell, the aroma, the fragrance that they would offer during, during their worship. And it shows that this child was God. The deity, the Messiah, he had come. And the myrrh used during embalming. It's used for death. Why would one of the gifts of the wise men be an embalming agent? Because it would speak to his death that would soon Come today, in 2023, what do we offer our King? What do we offer our Savior? My prayer is this. He's not worried about the gold. He's not worried about the frankincense and myrrh. The wise men offer that in their worship of Him. And to tell how this child's life would be lived for 33 years to meet the cross and death for the sin of the world. We can offer our worship, and that's our greatest thing. That's our greatest gift. Maybe today there's somebody in this room that needs to offer the gift of their heart and their life in full surrender to Savior. As we look at these three groups that pondered the question, where is he? Which of these groups do you relate to? Is it the wise men who offered worship? And maybe today we bow and we join in worship together. Is it the religious leaders of the day? Is it the chief priests and scribes who, looking, or who are looking the part and are playing the part and are doing the right thing but have yet to acknowledge Him as Savior? The third group maybe represented even in this room today, are those that are troubled by the name of Jesus. And in that troubling, today I want you to know, as you ponder that question, where is he? He's here. He's here. I believe in the omnipresence of God. Yes, Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, but God is everywhere. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. And today, if you need Him and you feel the knock on your heart, that is not the knock of a pastor. That is not me twisting your arm. That is the Holy Spirit desiring to come in your life. Today, may we ponder that same question with our own lives. Where is He? Where is He? And may we leave here today leading lives that know the answer and show the answer and lead others to the answer that is Jesus. Today, I'm grateful for a baby. We celebrate coming into the world. But I'm grateful that we also celebrate not only in the manger, but as he would go to the cross for the sin of our world. Today, if you're here and you've never accept, accepted him as your savior, my prayer is this, is that before you walk out of this room,
that you will bow your head and most importantly, open your heart to what the Lord wants to do today. Let us bow together. Father God, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, as in this moment and we come before you, we desire more. We desire this Christmas season that we want to look to you. That was the theme. God, as a church, you have pushed us. You have changed us. You have molded us. And Lord, you continue to do your work. God, I know that every day is met with a set of challenges. And my prayer is this, that no person in this room will have to meet those challenges without the one that can help them, Jesus Christ. Lord, today, if there is someone in this room that needs Jesus Christ as Savior, I pray, Lord, maybe a simple prayer. Lord, I am a sinner. Imperfect in many ways. God, my hope and my desire is that I need a Savior. The joy of this Christmas season rests in you. Not just you coming to this earth, but you dying in my place. Today, Lord, I receive you as my Savior. Come forgive me and cleanse me and make me new. I give you my life and surrender today. Maybe there's a Christian brother or sister that has made a decision and yet the part is not being lived up to on their own end. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will lead that one in full surrender to you today that needs it. God, thank you for what you're going to do in these moments of invitation. And God, we pray that you lead us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.